we are looking for a fan for our third fan book choice. Do you want to be like Squiggy and Lindsay? Find out more information at www.bookinterrupted.com fans. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. Book reader problem right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She's a liar. <laughs> okay. I already so, made her bed. So I not- slept in it because she kicked me out of my bed. Uh, embarrassingly explains how I can be just a little bit much. <laughs> <laughs> if you were indeed in fight or flight to have slow regulated right. rhythmic breathing. Are they acting in a way that you weren't allowed to act? And then eventually I hope that he'll make the right choice before the school calls children's aid. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet spot of timing it out. Some high stakes poker there, but okay. Disrupted. Mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is with uh, And we're gonna talk it uh, out. On Book Interrupted. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycles from January 3rd to February 13th. It's Leah's book pick, Ever Reading What Happened to You by Dr. Bruce D. Perry and Oprah Winfrey. Our earliest experiences shape our lives far down the road, and What Happened to You provides powerful scientific and emotional insights into the behavioral patterns so many of us struggle to understand. This book is going to change the way you see your life. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. Some of this part of this book is I did read uh, a bunch and some of it's hard to read, but at the same time, it lets me pause when I'm getting triggered by something. If I can just wait five minutes, look at a clock and, and just be like, okay, I'm being triggered and then try to bring it down. Then you can start trying to look into it. But like even little things, like, I don't know, we were playing cards. My daughter put her hand on the cards before I was done dealing. Mm-hmm. And inside I was like, mm, do not touch the cards. <laughs> but I said, I paused. I was like, you can't touch the cards before you're done dealing. And I was like trying to wonder why I was in my head. I was like, I'm being triggered by this for some reason. It's like, don't touch the cards. Right? Well, cards are important in your house. Do not touch the cards before <laughs> you're are. done dealing. I just told her it's rude. I'm like, because it's rude and, and just don't do it. But, but in my side, I was like, why am I getting triggered by this stupid thing? It has nothing to do with her touching the cards. You can touch the cards. I have things. a friend who's had trauma when they were younger and they recently put a post, we put a post on so, some social media that said, when you are parenting, if you've had trauma when you're younger and your child does something that really puts you crazy off, like you're so upset with them. If you take a moment, are they acting in a way that you weren't allowed to act? And if so, instead of disciplining your child, you should reflect. Yeah, reflect to yourself. Be like, okay, basically, it's oh. what you're saying, Meredith. Like, you're triggered. It's but not about you. Yeah. It's not about your child doing something at that point. It's not about what happened to you. Right. What, what happened to you? They're not trying <laughs> to push your buttons. You have a certain number of buttons yeah. and you spend a lot of time with them. So eventually, if they're pushing, if they're doing stuff all day, one time it's going to push your button. It has nothing to do with them trying to drive you crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. 
Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you might be like, I know your buttons. <laughs> you know, but you know, yeah, totally. It's interesting. Uh, those yeah, she put that down and that was like things. interesting. She's like, I try to do this with my kids. I try. Like be like, why am I overreacting to this situation? Is it has to do with my childhood? Yeah, patience yeah. is hard. Stopping for five minutes is really gr- great and really, really hard. Really hard because that five minutes does not feel like five minutes. <laughs> it's like forever. Too bad patience. <laughs> yeah, there, there was this um, training that we did at my last job. It was about trying to strengthen that muscle between reacting and responding. He had a helpful acronym that was TAP. So if you can, and you recognize like Mare recognizes, then you take a breath, that's the T, and then you acknowledge what you're feeling and then you proceed. So just by doing that, which doesn't have to take five minutes, it could be obviously shorter, um, unless you're feeling a lot of things, I guess. that provides that space enough. And the other biological hack of it is when you are triggered and your fight or flight is responding, it's doing what it does to get you ready. So if you spend time deep breathing, you're telling your body there's nothing wrong. It hacks Um, the system. Yes, exactly. It overrides it because from a physiological response, it wouldn't make sense if you were indeed in fight or flight to have slow regulated rhythmic breathing. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a cool one. And then, so this was dealing with resistance, right? So which could be described as some of the things that trigger us as parents or whatever, like whatever version of resistance. He had this paradigm where he started with really getting aware of what resistance is he just was like resistance is protection so Hmm. if someone is fucking with you right like they're resisting (laughs) whatever it is you're trying to do if you remember that resistance is protection it like informs you differently on how like if you think you're fucking with me right then you're pissed off but if you think oh no you're trying to protect yourself from whatever i don't know what it is right but resistance is protection then you can acknowledge that and then you can proceed and you throw a little tap in there and away you go. And certainly so, if you're saying you're fucking with me and the person's trying to protect, they're just going to resist more. Right. They're like, oh, now mm-hmm. you're now you're angry. Right. Yeah. And true. then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy too. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you think about a, a child that's acting out and they're resisting to protect and then you do what Mary's describing, then they're like, see, that's why I was protecting myself in the first place. Clearly I, I've been mm-hmm. reconfirmed now. I love that. Does anyone care if I workshop this a bit? Let's do it. Work Mm -hmm. it. Okay. So for the last few weeks, the morning routine with the kid is awful. She is resistant to getting ready. Mm -hmm. Every part of it is a fight. Every single part of it. And I feel like I'm trying everything. So if she's resisting to protection what is she protecting herself it's her autonomy autonomy it's because she senses and smells off of you that you love nothing more than control and so her power comes from the things that she can control oh oh okay (laughs) i don't know i'm just guessing because when her and alex were doing a facetime call earlier today max couldn't wait to uh start making her bed and i was like that's weird. She hasn't even been prompted by you or B to do that. I already made her bed. How old is she again? She's a liar. She's five. <laughs> okay. I already so, made her bed. Because <laughs> uh, I, have I up- slept in it because she kicked me out of my bed. 
<laughs> uh, I have one who loves autonomy too, and we went through the same thing. Yeah. And she was getting, Five. she's like resist, resisting oh. and like frustrated. I was like, listen, you don't want me to tell you to get ready. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to tell you to get ready. We need to whatever, be here at a certain time. Oh, These are the cool. things that need to happen. And so if you just do it, then we're that. both happy. And like, no, I, and that. I don't know, you got to figure, I don't know. I don't know. Would she want to share some opinions on what order in which she can go through she picks out her own clothes she can pick out whatever she wants to wear she can get ready in whatever order she wants to i don't know i'm just trying to think about resistance in this yeah yeah, yeah. Kim, kim has something the things that kids are going for if they're not protecting is power control because they don't have that right because they're kids everybody else is in charge of everything so that's when they find out how they can get that that's where that comes from so that's like resisting brushing brushing teeth or what all that stuff is really just versions of them having choices and and some version of power so the more like you're saying you give her choices or she can do it whatever thing the more you do that the more empowered she should feel and the less she should resist and Mm -hmm. so for example like with my son, what I would do. So if the situation is I'm not getting dressed, then it's like, okay, you get to pick your shirt, right? So it's not about having a fight about, yes, you are getting dressed. No, I'm not. It's like, which shirt do you want to wear? And then I would add with my son because he wants to have that choice. I'd be like, so you can pick. And if you're not going to pick, I'm going to pick. And then I would Mm -hmm. always pick the shirt that I know he doesn't want to wear. And then he'd be like, I want that one. And he would automatically, you know, resist the choice I made. But then in his resistance of that, he picked a shirt. So now we're one step closer. (laughs) So it's like, oh, that's sneaky little trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just, it's always about giving them choices, but also saying, if you choose not to choose. I pick out a pantsuit for her. I choose. (laughs) Then mommy will choose. And I, and for me, just for the fun of like, just to keep it entertaining for me, I'd always pick what he didn't want to wear and be like, well, Mm. and same thing with breakfast. Do you want toast or cereal? I don't want any. Okay. Well then mommy's going to pick. And then like he, and he might not eat like whatever, but like the more that you kind of just consistently go this or that, it's up to you. And then when they don't want it, you're like, okay, well mm-hmm. I'm picking. And, and then doing the, it's up to you. You get to choose how you, or you can what about like a, a simpler choices. It can't yeah, be too like smaller. vague. It has to be right. very concrete. I'll try it. I'll loop What back. about, uh, I would also, I would do that. What Kim would do being like, you can choose or I'll choose. And sometimes I would set a timer. They'd be like, yeah, yeah. You have we this much started time the timer choose. thing, and then I'm gonna go, thing. and then and now you're wearing this. Or totally. uh, sometimes I would completely unrelated give my kid autonomy or an uh, ability to master something completely different that made them feel powerful. So for for us, it's like physical stuff, riding a bike, snowboarding, swimming, whatever. Yeah. Something else in their life that they can master, or you know, making breakfast or whatever. Uh, something else to master to get that power, feeling powerful and feeling in control of their body or whatever. It'd be different for different kids, but, and it's completely unrelated. And then they kind of didn't have to control all the little, little things that mm. um, annoy us parents so much when you're on a schedule and have to do some more. Okay. Oh, Leah, is sure. your little one also starting to realize that she doesn't have as much power or autonomy and choice when she goes to school. Could this also be a delay tactic? Yeah. Um, sure I also sense. like, I'm not a parent, obviously, no. but all advice is good advice. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. <laughs> all advice here is, but me advice. as a person, 
I don't want as much choice. Like I don't like, I go to a store and I pick up the first thing that I like. Laird drives mm. me insane. He researches for 20, you know, thousand years and picks out the one that he thinks is the best. I will go and go, what's the good one? Great, perfect, done. Let's move on. I have so much else I want to do. So, you know, I don't know your child. I don't know anything no. about this, but could it just be too much choice too? Like it could as- be because it's like, we have three kinds of toothpaste so that she can pick which one she feels yeah, like, like using. I, so yeah. I was creating decisions. Maybe this is all too stimulating. I mean, yeah, like I don't want that like as a person and I didn't want that as a kid. I just want- I know I hate that. Like when a menu is too to big. Think. Yeah. Like going to a restaurant that has a huge menu. I was like, I'm leaving. This is yeah. like going to Subway <laughs> is my nightmare. When you go to like Mr. Sub and you have to pick all the toppings and I'm like, just tell all me what them. tastes good together. Yeah. Just give yeah. me something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Like I just, if you're throwing out ideas here and want to try yeah. something different. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. I like that. You know, like I think maybe down. in like, in the world we live in, we all just have too much choice. Oftentimes yeah. and oftentimes Especially it's hard first to make thing in the morning when your kid's tired, everyone's tired. You probably yeah. really don't want to make choices. No, I hate okay. even picking like, out my outfit sometimes. I'm like, oh, yeah. I got to figure this out. I don't know. I'll totally. just grab the thing that's sitting on the chair because that's mm-hmm. the easiest. So to know. like Lindsay's point, I started getting annoyed with the like, what do you guys want to have for breakfast? And I was just like, no, we're not asking this like, question. Ever. Asking. It's just yeah. we're having this for breakfast. And then yeah, like, the I don't serving. want it. I'm like, well, if you want that other thing, we'll do that tomorrow then. Yeah. But everyone is having oatmeal. <laughs> I'm making yeah. it. <laughs> and you're gonna like it. We're, this is what we're eating. We, you yeah. know. For me, only one of my children are difficult in the morning. This might not be helpful at all, but no. my husband just deals with her in the morning. I just don't. <laughs> He's way worse. Oh, is he worse? Oh. So we need to send her husband to you. Yeah, you can send your husband to me anytime, Sarah. I'll take good care of him. <laughs> I'd rather like you to send him over. <laughs> he deals with her. Like even my other kids, I, I get them all the, I get all their clothes and stuff and yeah. lay them out, whatever. And I wake them up in the morning and my other kids get ready mm. and they're downstairs and he is his, he just is with her the whole morning until yeah. she's in breakfast and then she's happy. But with she me, she's that. miserable. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm done now. Nope. <laughs> done. You're going to, Put clothes on or go in pajamas. I don't care. I'm done I now. <laughs> I started like leaving. I was like, I'll be in the car. We're leaving. And they'll be like, you're leaving without me? I'm like, we are leaving now. So don't worry. I got your boots my, and your coat. Just meet so me So I guess I was like, maybe just this, just personalities. Like my other kids were fine getting ready with me. It's just my youngest and she's hmm. fine with my husband. There yeah. But maybe, maybe not. It'd be, it would be worth it to be so. No, no. I'd go with everyone else's uh, suggestion. Maybe delegate it to maybe delegate it to Bo. Yeah, the dog will take Bo care. Bo and he'll clean. He'll clean. He'll, he'll clean her. Or I don't know why I said he. Bo's a girl. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing too that works sometimes is natural consequences if you can. Yeah. So like yeah. with with my son, he never ever wants to wear rain boots. So I'm like, fine, have soakers all day. Like, I don't care. Or like to a certain degree, I'll do the same thing with this winter coat. Like he doesn't want to wear it. And I'm like, okay, go and enjoy your freezing recess. And I hope, and then eventually I hope that he'll make the right choice before the school calls children's aid. (laughs) (laughs) There's that sweet spot of timing it out. That's some high stakes poker there, but okay. I like to do Kim's method, but I think it's only because I'm conflict avoidant and it drives yeah. my hubby mad. He's like, 
who do you think's in charge here? It's hmm. raining. They need rain boots. It's that simple. No, Kara's not like, in charge. And there. I was like, no, I was like, honestly, do you want to start your day with a fight or do you just want them to learn the freaking lesson? Totally no. on their own. They don't like having soaking wet feet. But you're like so nice to your kids. You're so accommodating. Kids. But you can do that. You can say, uh, okay, you don't have to wear it, but you have to bring it. I do that too with the coat. Right? Yeah. Like, it's just, you have to bring it. You don't have to wear it. Like yeah. one of mine is, is doesn't want to wear, you know, it's winter. She doesn't want to wear a coat. She's got, no, uh, I'm like, well, you have to bring it. And then like we get, you know, three minutes outside. She's like, cool. That's like, well, remember we brought this. She's like, oh yeah, of course. Oh. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but oh, yeah, totally. Convenient. Yeah. Cause it yeah. never works Imagine when you're that. like, fine, don't bring it. But I don't want to hear about it when you're cold. They don't remember oh, yeah. that oh. deal. The whole rest of the no. time is like, can you put the heat on? I'm so pissed. <laughs> This is why you Okay, well, coat. sorry, guys. I kind of monopol- monopolized that. But I just, when everyone was talking, I was thinking about like, yeah, like how would that work in real and practical? Lots of, th- lots of things like from this book and many of the books we've read, you read them, like especially in uh, nonviolent communication, then like trying <laughs> to put them in practical use, so especially with someone else who might not have read nonviolent communication <laughs> is so challenging. Yeah. Especially, yeah. I agree with Kara though, having a power struggle in the morning mm-hmm. you just got to like, choose your battles. i don't want the power oh, totally i was like i don't right? want to ruin my freaking day but or she but, might um, just have to be the smelly kid like maybe that's you know what it'll get totally. better and then someone that will be like you stink my... and then she'll be like bath time forever <laughs> like it'll it'll get it'll get better yeah i guess try each one for a couple days and then move to the next and whatever sticks go with oh that. my god i i hope smelly mm. kid doesn't stick <laughs> <laughs> really triggers I think it's me. actually probably like what Lindsay said knowing max's personality i think it's first thing in the m- morning a bombardment of so many choices it's just easier to shut that it's exhausting shit down i'm gonna uh, you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do i'm gonna flip-flop it because you also didn't appreciate no. when you were growing up a lot of choices i didn't appreciate anything really <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there was something I appreciate. I appreciated mashed potatoes. <laughs> that was about it. True, actually. Yeah. Go with what works, I guess. Yeah. I so. Yeah. So see if you can find her mashed potato. I will find Do her it. mashed potato. Hashtag well, mashed potato. God, I want mashed potatoes Hashtag right mashed. <laughs> this interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. I have a wonderful interruption. My interruption is that my mother came to visit and it's the first time she's ever come to visit us. We spent uh, a lot of time preparing for her and now that she's here, I'm just trying to spend as much time as possible with her. So that's my interruption. Mom time. Book Interrupted. I like the like little um I'm trying to look for one right now but like all the little diagrams and the little drawings mm. and the little ways that you can visually see that the more complex things that he's talking about which I think are really cool and he builds on them which I really like too like he has you know he'll say a little bit and there'll be a diagram and then the next diagram is something a little more complex and the same idea and then he references them in the text so i think that's kind of cool i don't know yeah. i can't remember one in particular that stood out but does anyone remember anything that you in the, from the diagrams that you really 
hit you or impacted well, you? Pictures for me in general, like this is off this book topic, but like that book by Dan Brown. Da Vinci Code. Oh, yes, the Da Vinci Code. Normally I wouldn't be able to take in that information. Those like kind of books, like Josh loves to read, you know, history books or like Game of Thrones. I wouldn't be able to read Game of Thrones because of the names. Those names don't mean anything to me. So for me to read that name, I don't even bother reading it or I print it like, and so it doesn't stay with me. So Da Vinci Code, because of all the things that they were talking about, I had an illustrated version. So they had pictures oh, after picture after, and it was just oh, so amazing. Oh. I couldn't even believe it. So the same thing with this, these are just diagrams. So it's not like the Da Vinci yeah. Code, but I guess they're okay. But um, yeah, like a visual <laughs> is always super art. helpful. Like that resistance <laughs> is protection. That came mm -hmm. with a visual of a, of a triangle about trying to get to, you know, the point. <laughs> but like, so um <laughs> Not the exact same point as you're making, Lindsay, but I did say after complaining about the conversational delivery, I do like the coordination of the, the coloring of the book, right? Like Oprah's in blue and then all of this like watercolor kind of, I did like that. I thought it was like nicely put together in those ways. Mm. Yeah, I the love book. the book. Like, I like how it feels. I love like aesthetically how it's set up. I like, like Kim said that Oprah's in blue and he's in, in, in black. I, I like, I just, I think aesthetically the book is so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> it makes yeah, me I like it more. It I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Has anybody ever bought an audiobook and then realized this book needs diagrams? Right? Mm. Like, and you're listening to an audiobook that clearly has diagrams in the real book. And you're like, man, this is heavy. <laughs> it's hard to sometimes get your mind around ones when they're like, that if you could see this graph, figure one <laughs> says blah, blah, blah. Oh, can you explain the curve of the line? Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, I just went to like show you that. And now I've lost my bookmark and the page <gasps> I was reading. And I don't, I stopped, oh. like I read it. I know, don't you hate this? And I, I stopped reading. I've, I've been so busy the last like, two months or month and a half I have read half of it and then I haven't Crap. read it since then so I can't even remember where I am I'm gonna have to oh, that numbers. is the worst oh it's that's sad. like a book a book prop book reader problem right there yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's like frig it oh. if you, you like lose edge. a bookmark the yeah. book will remember where you were just a little bit so if you look just in the spine Look uh -huh. for the pages that are just might be there might unless you've squeezed it a lot, but there might be some pages just are slightly apart. My kids yeah. put my bookmarks out all the time. And if you just look at the one that looks like maybe even if you kind of hold it a little bit loosely, you might yeah. see the page that you're yeah. more likely on and then be able to open it. There are a couple that are sticking out. So I'm going to just guess. right. So figure out what pages those are and then you should be able to figure it out. But like if Ladies. you just lose one, if you kind of just like loosely kind of hold the book, the one that will come apart first is the probably the one you wrote last. Meredith, the book whisperer. Holy cow. She is. Of course, whisperer. you know, I, I'm writing a blog post right now for next week that embarrassingly explains how I can be just a little bit much. <laughs> you should call it but the I book whisperer that. and that you should include how you find just like, the, and this. The, how the book talks to you. Losing my mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Losing my mark. <laughs> Losing my mark. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes, I'm a little, I go a little bit Meredith on things. It's almost like you're an engineer. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. Trying to find the, oh, this is the one. This about the rewards now that I'm 
decided I kind of know where I stopped. Who knows? I'll I'll reread it later. But um, oh, buckets about the bucket buckets. I think that's actually the picture I showed, and then I got distracted. And anyways, this is um page page sixty two. Two. Yeah. If anyone wants to look, but just the idea of if you have a regulated something, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna just butcher this. You're pulling you're a real Kim re- on this one. I really am. <laughs> you're pulling if you have a regulated a something, then something happens. I awesome. know. That's what I feel like. Uh, well, because it was ages ago when I read this, but basically, you're able to fill your ward bucket in a different way if you haven't like had trauma in your life, and if you've had basically is the concept of it. You can fulfill your reward bucket better in a relational sense and in and not fill it as much with alcohol or drugs or sweet and salty foods or stuff like that. Right, right, right. If I remember. Have, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. If you have I see it. those strong relationships and that idea. But I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, like well. if you like you learn how to fill your bucket, it's part of the imprinting or whatever in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So if you lacked those lessons by virtue of what happened to you, or in some cases, what didn't happen to you, then you find other ways to fill your bucket that may not be as healthy or just mm-hmm. even as complex right and so some people use food like and like when you don't have those that scaffolding then mm-hmm. you find these other things like drugs and food and whatever yeah. it might be sex whatever and then if you did have that scaffolding then you are more apt at finding healthy ways to fill your bucket because it was laid down for you in the beginning mm-hmm. yeah Thank you. Thank you yeah, for, yeah. for that was thanks. so not Kim of me. I know. We just uh, switched <laughs> positions <Woo>. there. Perfect. <laughs> you know, um, like Freaky it's Friday. Interesting. <laughs> freaky Friday. I love every Freaky Friday, all versions of it. Um, it's interesting because, like, I mean, this comes back to like what you give your attention to becomes important and like the currency of your family in a way our family loves games and a lot of our relation relational like bonding is happens with games and so that really feels my bucket so you know what i mean and i can see that in i've translated that onto my kids who just want to play board games all the time or like i i read a lot and so books are a bit of the currency of our house as well right so if people are feeling uh upset or whatever like the kids might come and say, like, will you read me this book? And that kind of does help regulate people in our family because, because that's where we give our attention. And so when you're younger, you might not realize what your family is doing around you during stressful times can help, depending on which, whatever you see, what is how you learn, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Modeling is mm-hmm. huge. Modeling. It's more of the teaching that happens than actual teaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had a good quote that I liked. It said, some people think that teaching by example is the best way. And they say, no, it's the only way. And the other one is when you try to teach by example, you improve two people. Mm. Ah, that's a great I like that one. Hmm. That's like, I I think about that a lot. I love that quote. Clever. Okay. Silence. Was anybody else? That got weird. um, (laughs) Was anybody else? We were all pondering. (laughs) blown away by some of the information that Dr. Perry was sharing around when young ones are exposed to adversity. And I'm trying to remember what chapter it was like the amount of time that, what was it like if, 
for the first two months of a kid's life were like super challenging, lots of adversity, lots of trauma, that that would set them up at a disproportionate rate for their mental health, physical health, potential for addictions later in life. Whereas if let's say something happened to a seven-year-old and it was just like momentary and then it was like over and done with the traumatic event, like they might not fare. So I don't want to use the word poorly, but it might not be as challenging for them. I just was blown away. I still don't know how to make sense of this. I made sense of it in my mind. Think about how fast you're growing as a baby. And then I almost felt like it's the impact is reflective of how fast your brain is developing. And then you kind of, as you get older, you've had more perhaps tools and modeling or your brain development is not happening at such a record rate. So I almost felt like that made sense to me because it's like, Oh, Imagine if a baby could express, it must be so uncomfortable. You're just like, turning into the Hulk every fucking minute, (laughs) like a constant development. You're multiplying cells and like a crazy, like that's how I kind of visualized it. Because major systems are getting set up at those times, right? So if in the first two months, those major systems get set up undisturbed, then they've got that going for them. And I like the Mm -hmm. um, metaphor of scaffolding, right? So now the frame of the house has been built, right? And then in the next X amount of time, these other things are getting built and, and put into place. And if those go undisturbed, now they got that and that. So if something dings there, they have, you know, step one and step two securely, like the foundation has begun. But if they get dinged before the foundation's even built, now they got a fractured foundation. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does, but then it just leads to more things that make me uncomfortable. For example, postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. With what I feel like then, is it our responsibility as a society to start to set up more communities? Alberta Not did. so that it doesn't happen, but so that the end, because then I just feel like we're paying the trauma forward. Absolutely. In an area. For example, I suffered from postpartum depression with my oldest and I don't feel like I had a choice. Like it happened. Mm-hmm. And yet maybe if there were other things in place, I might, well, maybe what I'm trying to get around is now I feel guilty that I have inadvertently exposed my young one to me not having my shit together. And maybe that's why I feel there's a part of me that feels inclined into social activism to try to rewrite my own wrong by addressing it externally from myself. I think that's well, you a beautiful don't know thing, what you Karen. don't know, but that's a yeah. beautiful yeah. thing that you're trying to do in that way because you can't help it. And it only is this research being shared fairly recently and so that's the horrifying thing about reading these books you learn like you're like first two months you're like oh shit what did I do with my kid in the first two months and (laughs) like I feel relief when I'm like okay six years okay he's seven like I'm I'm pretty sure we're good (laughs) yeah like he's good now he's good but um Alberta did this major gathering of resources and research and discovered exactly what you're talking about, which is surprising to you. And then now they have restructured almost like their medical system in the ways that you're kind of suggesting because they realize this, these sensitive periods, right? And so doctors are now meant to be screening and, and reaching out to women and finding out. And so when these things are happening, they're then, you know, surrounding them because it doesn't have to be like, you're lucky for your children, Kara, I'm assuming, because you have 
you're surrounded by caring other caring adults and such you Mm -hmm. work in isolation with your child right and so it doesn't just have to be the primary parent they just need to have some versions of stable adults in their lives too so when higher needs are identified sooner which is what they discovered they're doing this in california too so the the doctors, the first people who are seeing these babies, even before like prenatal care is yeah. focused, is, is informed by this now so that they can try to protect against and create these resilience factors as well in these higher needs cases. Like just what you're saying, because every, like people are realizing and recognizing. Oh, yeah. It's in a spectrum in that maybe my oldest wasn't as impacted because there were other mature, healthy, balanced adults within our tribe. Whereas in some circumstances, that mama might be in total isolation and that's even more traumatic for the young one. So if we can start introducing screening earlier. And Kara, some individuals, like some children are going to be more prone to it because like if they're highly sensitive, they'll Mm -hmm. be less resilient just, just because of who they are, not, yeah. not I think what, what is it? 15 is the latest statistics, 15% 10, of the 10 or 15. Yeah. yeah. Highly sensitive people or whatever. Yeah. Oh, so they might yeah. be more, I get they're more sensitive. So more vulnerable, more vulnerable yeah. to things like that. It, it made me think I had a midwife for all three of my kids and a doula. And when I had my children, my midwife came to my house the very next day. And so the next day was a doula and then the midwife came again, like they came so many times. And then I had other friends who only went through doctors and they had to bundle their kids up and go outside. And my midwife's like, you're not to leave the house for a week. And they would come and check on me. And we had, I mean, I was lucky because I had a lot of people caring for me, but I was thinking that the midwife model seems to be a healthier model because if I was, I didn't experience postpartum, but if I was, there was professionals that came to my house and they would have been able to, like I had a hard time breastfeeding my daughter at first. She, my milk didn't come in for three days. So the third day I was like, what do I do? Do I go to a bottle? What do I do? And she was like, and my mom went to go get a soother. And the midwife like, do not give her the soother. It doesn't matter that your nipples are bleeding either bottle or just keep her on there. I'm like, but what about the scabs? She's like, well, that her room. Like, no. And then my milk came in. Like that was extreme. Oh. But the point is I had someone there to talk to where if I was all by myself, I might've had like a, a tremendous amount of anxiety about it. And she was like, we can either go to a bottle or you can, it's fine. Just let her, it'll come in. If you just put her on, just keep on putting her on. Like as, if you can stand it. I think it made it easier for me because of that, although I didn't experience postpartum, I had people there like the first two weeks all the time coming in and checking on me to make sure everything was okay. All right. If you doubted, uh, if you're doubting oh. yourself, they'd be like, you can do this. Yeah. They were Stick there and they're like, what that problems are you having? How are you feeling? Your, uh, having postpartum. Exactly. Because I did the opposite model than you guys, which was immediately bundling that kid up, going outside, going to all these ridiculous appointments, and then having to pay attention to the things that I would select to share because you would be shunned, for example, if you were silly enough to disclose that you let your baby lay beside you. Oh, Mm. right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like it's game over. So I would, uh, there was secrecy and hiding and shaming in the model that I was observing, which probably, which is, which is similar. Yeah. To many um, other people's experience. Like, I'm not trying to imply that I was alone in this, but now that I'm reflecting back, 
I'm seeing a whole bunch of almost like ingredients that took place. Yeah. Right. Like I, I didn't, I've never had the, I felt supported was the point. I felt supportive. So I, and I was asked how, not just about the baby, but how are you feeling? What's going on with you? They were, they're asking me about me and they had a checklist to go through about me alone. And then the baby, it was both. So I'm glad oh, that Alberta is doing that for doctors. That. So I think, you know, I mean, I think the whole system, like if you, people should be able to have a choice between medical doctors or midwives, but medical doctors clearly should be helping people that could potentially have postpartum, I think too, mm-hmm. like checking on them. Yeah. There we go. We worked off a lot of items today, folks. <laughs> it was anyone else kind of blown away at one point in the book, Oprah discloses that he never went to therapy and to me she seems like does a significant amount of like inner work and uh tries to like grow and heal and I was just kind of like really surprised or impressed by how she navigated and found her own way into becoming more of her whole self and I'm assuming it's not all a facade but that she, I don't know, I was just kind of blown Perhaps. away that she just did it. Like it was literally just through relationships. Like she had her relationship with, is it Gail was a great source of like regulation and like books. And I was like, huh, it's like, that's Perhaps. freaking awesome. But perhaps like we were talking about earlier that, you know, maybe somebody with uh, early uh, trauma is less likely to try to rely on someone else. So maybe she doesn't want to rely on a, a therapist for healing and it, it makes it's much more safe to work on it on her own or not on her own but her own way her own way and like getting people you know opening up to people well she also doesn't have to worry about other struggles in life like I'm sure she has her those kind of struggles but she doesn't have money struggles or having to feed her family or do any of those kind of things as well so that's yeah, really other stressors that many of us would have in our lives. Yeah, those yeah. she's kind of exempt from that. Yeah. I also like the idea that she healed herself through experiencing other people's stories about mm-hmm. healing or even about adversity. There's like this magical experience that can happen in a group in an AA meeting, for example, when everybody just has their turn, nobody comments on each other's turns or whatever else, but just by each person sharing yourself gets a piece of their healing. It's hard to put into words. And for me, the butcherer of all retails, it's very hard, but um, (laughs) I I wonder if through (laughs) Oprah's career, that was like her therapy. Oh, it wasn't so bad after all. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're yeah. really channeling the, you know, storytelling today, Kim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All I think right. it's clear that this yeah. is over. This is the awesome. <laughs> it's clearly over. This For is this one part, of the anyway. more no. awkward silence. But we will have Why? another, like, I do have something, but I feel like it's like my yes, thing that I have session. is from like chapter nine. So I want to, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, could, session. yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. I was getting scared. I'm like, it's only one session. Okay. <laughs> no. And I um, already have the show notes for it, Lindsay. Oh yeah. Good. What? Oh, for like whatever what I'm the... going to talk about, oh, okay. I actually I have like... a little bit of a source yeah. for you. Great. Yeah. Perfect. Send yeah. it over when not now because I'll now. lose no. it. <laughs> I won't send it until I say it. Yeah. It's a secret until then. Perfect. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. 
If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. The impact books have on our lives is not limited to the words written between the covers. Some books inspire new thoughts and send us to unexpected places. Follow me, Meredith, as I descend further and further in my recurring blog segment, Down the Rabbit Hole, at www.bookinterrupted.com blog. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Book Interrupted. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. Reading it this time, I was like, cheese and rice this is intense she was on the movie set and the director kept Mm. telling her to tuck someone in so there's a happy ending right and she was like "Mm." i don't feel like this book was that bad is that our brain has been imprinted with this implicit bias and that for the rest of our lives we will have to fight that no worries right like that's what we're all here for if you guys become terrified of birds after reading my book like i apologize (laughs) but you know i had the best intentions book interrupted never forget every child matters